today on It's Time. Boldness comes because you know God's Word. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 1 Timothy. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. morning, if you have your Bible, I'd invite you to open them to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. This is something that really concerned the Apostle Paul when he was writing to this young minister, probably around the age of 30, writing to him concerning being steadfast in the Lord, being a good minister to those people that were there in Ephesus. And so we're going to look at that today. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word this morning, thank you that you have given your word to us, that we have a foundation in a time of everything changing and moving. And we ask now, as we would spend this time in study of your word, that you would speak to us. And God, we have become more like you. You do that wonderful transformation that we would see that you, you and your ways are what's important in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we remember last week, we started in chapter 4, and just to light review, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. That's one bad thing right there. They'll depart from the faith in latter times. Now we talked a little bit about this, how we know where we're at chronologically in the whole scheme of things in the Bible. The mean principle that God gave us was this town called Jerusalem. And when it goes back into Jewish hands, this is the last generation. Friends, I really believe that we are in the last generation. Now, there's a lot of reasons why I believe that. Not simply because of what the Bible says, but because of the way the world is. You know, it's uh, a scary thought, thought when you think about it, that man has always used every weapon that he's invented. And when you look at uh, North Korea, Iran, rogue nations selling these nuclear devices on the black market, I guarantee you things are changing fast. And why do we need to then be people of principle, people that have a relationship with God, that we can be that communicator to the people of the world? They don't know. You do. You have been given a great gift. You know what's going to happen before it happens. Now, you don't have to go to your astrology. You don't have to go to a Ouija board or some kind of a crystal ball. We have the Word of God that tells us, and it's exact in what we're looking for. When Jesus said that Jerusalem would be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled, this is in Luke chapter 21, It was under Roman control. It was a ludicrous statement. 
Well, at least unless you know God and his power. Speaking of the last days, it even got worse in 70 AD. This general named Titus, not the same Titus that we have in the Bible. It was a a common Roman name. But this uh, uh, general named Titus came in because of the rebellion of, of Jerusalem and leveled the city of Jerusalem. It completely burned it down. The idea of Jerusalem being rebuilt and fulfilling anything Jesus said in Luke 21 would have been ridiculous. But as we look today, Jerusalem is under Jewish control and it is recognized as the capital of Israel. Well, Jesus goes on in Luke 21 and says, the generation that sees this is the last one. Wow, that tells me the final curtain has arrived. Where does that leave you and me as messengers of Christ? What what do we need to be mindful of if we can recognize the times we're in? Now, again, you can talk to people that have no regard for the Bible. Zero. And yet they will tell you something is wrong. Again, nuclear proliferation everywhere. I was able to watch them documentary last night on the flu that hit the world in 1917-1918. A half a million Americans, and there wasn't that many Americans back then, a half a million Americans alone, over half a million, died of the flu. They said it was so bad that when someone would die, they would just prop them up outside of the house and people would be bringing the wagons down and put the corpses on the wagons and keep going. They said there was such a shortage of coffins, people would actually be stealing them as they were stacked up in front of the mortuaries. Crazy stuff. That was in 1918. I can see why many people may have thought the world was over. They didn't know how long this was going to go on. Globally, it killed tens of millions of people. They said more people died in the First World War of the flu than of bullets. Now, this is pretty crazy when you stop to think about a flu. But when you stop to think that North Korea and these other countries are developing biological weapons like this kind of killer flu, like these uh, other Ebola's and all these other things that are out there, it's to wreak havoc on the earth. You know, it's funny. Revelation chapter 6 says that people were killed by the beast of the earth. And we're thinking, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. No, not necessarily. The word beast there means any living organism. That means and could include flu viruses, could include Ebola or derivatives of these things, bubonic plague. We've seen all these things. But what they do is they go out, they harvest these germs, they make these things up, and then somehow get it into the jet stream, distribute it all over a country, and the country dies. We live in very perilous times. The reason why I believe that is because the ability to distribute these kinds of germs and problems have come at a new rate 
We know with the different subways and all these things that we have in America where people are compact together. You say, well, Mike, what are you talking about here? I'm saying that we are in a different time ever than in the history of time. We've seen glimpses as we look back just as recently as 100 years ago with this flu that came. But we also can realize that people are developing these things on purpose. This was one of the things that Saddam is saying. If you remember, we were concerned about his biological warfare because he bragged about how he was going to unleash these viruses upon the world. The Spirit says expressly in the latter times, some will depart. Now, in other places, the Bible tells us why. Because sin abounds, the love of many wax cold. Don't get caught in that. Don't get caught. You don't have to be a victim of the age. The Spirit says, some will depart in the last days. Don't allow that to happen to you. Now, the Bible tells us that they will depart. And not just depart, but notice the next part. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and the doctrine of devils. What do devils believe? I thought about this as I read this. I thought, what do they believe? You know, people walk up to you and say, well, what do you believe? Well, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If I put my faith, hope, and trust in him, I'm saved. That's what I believe. But what does a devil believe? I don't know exactly how they go around and, and converse with one another, but the Bible here says there's some way they communicate because evidently they believe the same thing. Well, as we talked about last week, I don't know everything they believe, but I do know a few things that are in the ingredients of what they believe that we find in Isaiah chapter 14 and even going back to the book of Genesis When Satan looked at Eve and said, if you eat of the tree, you'll be as God. Isn't it something that people want immortality, but they want to be in control of their immortality? I I, I always think this is kind of an interesting thing. I'm driving. I don't know where, but I'm driving. That's what I find oftentimes as I share with people. Well, I want to be the master of my own life. Great. Okay. Where are you going? I don't know, but I want to drive. That's always a scary thing. You better know where you're going before you start the car. I wonder sometimes as I drive around the streets of our town, do people actually have a a destination when they get in their cars? I am pretty convinced they don't. They drive down the street. I saw this two times this week. Signal left and turn right. That tells me I'm on my way. I don't know where, but I'm going. Oh, I want to go over there. And then three across three lanes of traffic. I actually witnessed a wreck a couple weeks ago where somebody did that. So I, I think about these things and I go, where are we going do we know? What do the demons believe? Do they know? Well, I'll tell you. I believe self-exaltation is one of the greatest doctrines of the devils that there is. You're in control. You say what you want. In fact, there's, again, Christian, so to speak, branded Christian faith that placate to that. Well, you just say what you want. You blab it and grab it. You just keep visualizing it. You keep saying it, and it's yours. Well, I'll tell you one thing. These doctrines, these religions don't tell you. Once you get what you claim, they don't tell you how to get rid of it. Sometimes you're better off to just say, you know, Lord, 
Not my will, but yours be done. Well, if we go down here to verse 6, you can read the other ones that we went over last week. Uh, the first five verses. But if we go to verse 6, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourishing in the words faith, good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. He's saying, you've been walking in faith, keep walking in faith. Don't, don't give up. God's got great plans for you in the days to come. Why? Because he, you know, God's looking for people that know what's going on. Do you realize that you're the enlightened ones? The people in the world haven't got a clue what's going on. You do. I've talked to many Christians and got a clue what's going on. Why is that? Because they don't read the Bible. They go to churches where they don't teach the Bible. It's just a fragment. Just focus on that inner light within you. I, I still mention this quite often because I can't believe how many people have bought into this lie. There's nowhere in the Bible does it ever say to look at the light within you or focus upon the third eye in the middle of your forehead or any other thing. It says, look unto Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Well, that's where we're supposed to be. He says, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister. Now, the word here for minister means bond slave. You're a slave to Jesus Christ by choice. You don't have to be. It's what I want to be. What do you want to be? I think we have to ask that a lot of times. Nourished words of faith. That's what grows your faith. That's what grows my faith is the word of God. If I don't know the word of God, there's a lot of things. If I don't know the Bible, I can't be bold. Why are you bold in certain areas of your life? If you have a profession, if you're a carpenter or a doctor or a nurse, do you know there's a boldness that you exude because you know what you know? Do you realize that? In fact, if you're a, a, a bricklayer and, and you're around somebody that don't know how to lay bricks, you walk up and say, hey, you know, your wall is leaning. You're, you're not doing this right. Why do you know that? Why do you feel you can tell them how to correct it? Why? Because you know there's a boldness that comes with knowledge. Well, this is what Paul is writing to Timothy about. When you know God's word, you'll have a boldness. You ever wonder why some people are bold in their faith and others are like, wimpy, wimpy. Why? There's a reason why. When you know what you know, you can stand up to whatever the challenge is. I shared this many times, but I just want to reiterate it one more time as I had people come to my door when I was about 18 looking through the screen door at them, and they were going on and on about all these different things, and how Jesus was Michael the archangel, and, and I, I'm going, that's weird. And I knew what they were saying was a lie, but I couldn't defend myself, and because I couldn't defend myself, I wasn't bold. And I remember walking away as I closed that door, walking away from the door saying, I got to start knowing your word, God. I, I, I know it's true, I just didn't know how to prove it. Boldness comes because you know God's word. So he says, being a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith, of the gospel, good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. Now verse 7, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself rather to godliness. In other words, get out of the gossip, get out of the this, this stuff that, that uh, people get together and chatter about or have been chattered about and 
go to what is true, what is real. Now, in those days, the Roman culture, as ours is today, the focus was upon themselves. And so because of that, they had weight rooms, they had saunas, they had all this. And so Paul writes, and he says, for bodily exercise profits a little. And it does. We do know that working out, getting your cardiovascular system up and functioning, having big bulgy muscles and all that kind of stuff, it profits, but the Bible says a little. It does. Profits a little. Uh, I, I do believe it's good to be healthy. I mean, it's good to watch your diet. It's good to get exercise on these things. He said it profits a little. He doesn't say it has no value. But godliness is profitable for all things. Don't forget the spiritual in the physical. This is what we think. Well, if I'm strong, if I'm good looking, then I'm okay. Not necessarily good, strong, healthy people blow their brains out and jump off bridges every day. You can have all those things and still have something wrong inside. You know, we're a very complex being. If you haven't noticed, this is why you can feel good. You can be sitting in your new car. You can have all the things and be miserable. Why? Because we're complex. Do you know God understands the complexity of who we are? I love that about him. See, uh, who's your daddy? If you, if you don't have God watching over you and taking care of you, who is maintenancing you? We need care. Everything that's made needs attention. If it's your house, you know, after about 10 years, if you live in it that long, you're probably going to have to paint it. If you live in that same house for 20 years, you're probably going to have to put a new roof on it. If you, if you, have a car, you're going to have to wax it or buy tires for it. But what about you? Who maintenances you? And see, this is one of the things the Bible talks about, that we spend time building up our bodies, which profits a little. But the thing that's really important is what's going on inside of you. You can have a great body and be totally miserable. So he says... Godliness is profitable for all things, not just a few things. Why is that? Everything you need to know about life is in the Bible. You ever notice that? The Bible says, get wisdom. Where do we go to get wisdom? Well, you know, I was over at the mall, you know, and I went down to the wisdom store, and I said, give me 10 pounds of wisdom. That'd be really good. No, that's not where we get wisdom. We don't always get wisdom from life experiences either. Oh, we can learn from our life experiences, but we don't always, do we? I'm never going to do that again. And what happens? We're out there doing it again. And what's really weird, we have the same result as the last time we tried it. Why is that? Well, because we're schizoid. We really don't know. We need God's wisdom to show us why. Now, that's one of the things that God does. You know, one-third of the Bible is prophecy. And one-third is left remaining to be fulfilled. But because God knows the future, God knows the future about us. And God can tell you as his child, if you do this, there's a hook in that lie and it will hurt you. And so because of that, I can trust God at his word to say, okay, God, you have given me the future right now. I can see the end. Why don't we do a lot of things we do as Christians as we used to do? I don't need to. Hey, if God's going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, I don't have to steal. 
Isn't that amazing? See, we can apply God's word to our personal life. So he says, godliness is profitable for all things. Having the promise of life that is now, is, and that which is to come. You know, I want to remind everybody, don't ever forget about heaven. Sometimes we do. We get busy in our days, but you know, we forget sometimes that God has prepared a place for us in heaven. Now, if you don't know what that's like, you might want to read Revelation chapter four or five. Gives you a little bit of an idea of what is awaiting for us there. The Bible says we'll be known as we're known. You're not going to be a stranger there. You're going to be just the right age. You're going to be so good looking. All those things, you're going to be just the right age. And God will fix whatever is wrong in this body with our brand new bodies that we're going to get. I find that the idea of having a brand new body as I get older is very attractive to me. What's the purpose of living forever if you live in a body that's broken down? I need a body built for eternity. God knows what he's doing. Let him do those things. Now he says, and that which is to come. Never forget which is to come for you as a believer. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Now, notice, you'll notice something here. It says, we trust in the living God, very important, who is the Savior of all men. Jesus Christ is God, okay? Here's a good place where it says Jesus Christ is God. He's the Savior of all men, of the living God. Now it says, especially of those who believe. Now, some people have taken this verse and says he's the Savior of all men, so in the end, everybody's going to be saved. That is not what this verse is saying. It's saying he has offered salvation to all men, But those who believe receive it. Always remember that because, again, it's because of our faith in him. We are not righteous in ourselves. There's nothing you, me, can do to be righteous. You look at your kids, can't you just be good? No, they're not going to be good. You know that already, they're not. But the Bible says we're clothed in his righteousness. We wrap his righteousness around us. That's what makes us holy. Never forget the source of our righteousness. That's why I can't be prideful and look at somebody else and say, well, look how good I am. Too bad about you. Because any righteousness that I have, I didn't merit on my own. I got it from somebody else. And the same thing could be said for that person. Who's the source of our faith? Who's the source of our righteousness? It's Jesus Christ. Okay, so we look at this. These things command and teach. Oh, I think that's so important. Because we can teach a lot of stuff. We can say a lot of stuff. You know, there's a lot of uh, verbalized religious garbage that goes on in the world today, isn't there? Oh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, crazy. I mean, if you really want to get spiritual, you eat organically grown foods. If you really want to get spiritual, you wear a three-piece suit and tie it. If anybody has one in here, I want to just congratulate you that you went through that that uh, process of, of tying your tie and all that stuff. I, I, one thing I love about church 
is here in Jesus, and I mean that sincerely, in Jesus, we can be who we are. You know, all week long, we're told what we have to be. If you work at a bank, you must wear a three-piece suit. You got to go in there. You got to look good. If you work in a body shop or at a mechanics thing, you wear your little blue shirt with your name on it. They tell you that's what you have to wear if you're going to work here because everybody knows then that you work here. Your little name's there and they got the little patch of where you work on the, on the sleeve. If you're a cop, you have to wear the uniform. Wear your little, uh, you know, gun holster and, and, and your maze place and little donor holder. All those things that you have as a cop. Yeah, but in, when, on, on Sunday morning, we can be who we are in Christ. I like that. I can just be who I am in Jesus. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.